as we close out, we're going to go into class six. Is it a title page for, that we have? If you could go to that title page, class six, understanding the prophetic position called in him. Obviously, we've been covering that, and we're going to deal with Babylon. Uh, we're going to deal with Babylon tonight and, and, and some things that I believe are very, very important. Understand this even before we go into that. Um, you know, understand this. This is key for us if we're going to really understand the teaching on Babylon. We got to understand when the devil attacks us. He always attacks us. We think he attacks us on the back end when he actually attacks us on the front end. He attacks us when we're establishing foundation. Revelation 12, I always, I refer to it often. The Bible says that the dragon stood at the end waiting for the woman to give birth so she could devour the child as soon as he was born. So the enemy attacks us in our formative state. In other words, he attacks us while we're forming our faith. He doesn't wait until we have faith and then try to attack us to overcome our faith. He attacks us by having influence in our forming of our faith. Because he knows if he can have influence when we form our faith, then our faith will not have power to conform us into the image of God. So if I can have influence in how you now build your faith, your faith will never bring you the victory God has promised. So he attacks us in our formative, like, like children. That's why he's so after children. Why? Because children are in their formative years. They're forming what life is supposed to be about. They're forming what's important and what's not important. They're forming what's good and what's bad. So in that formative years, the enemy comes in to attack right? So because if I can attack you when you're forming your faith, I can make sure you have another, uh, never have a faith that overcomes the world. So hence we have a whole church full of people who are still subject to the bondages of the world yet and still walking by faith because they didn't recognize the enemy attacked them in their formative years, right? When does Satan attack Adam and Eve? What book? Oh, right at the start. No, we ain't going to wait until we get into Exodus and we ain't going to wait. None of that. I'm, I'm going to get you right from the beginning. Right? He, he wants to now, before they're finished taking on the form, before they eat the tree of life, he attacks them. Right? He attacks them. And so I, that's important as we approach Babylon, because what the end, what we got to understand is the enemy, if we're having problems now actually exercising faith to overcome what we're facing, it's not what we're fighting that's giving us that problem. It's how our faith was formed to begin with. Everybody, because faith is victory. Faith is, I need more faith. You don't even need, the Bible says the faith the size of a mustard seed can move a mountain. We don't need a lot of faith. All we need is a little bit of the real thing. And it'll move big stuff. It ain't about having a lot of faith. It's just about having a little bit of the real thing. And so if we're going to now walk in victory, one thing we have to do is rip out some things that helped us form our ideology 
about what faith is. This is a time where God is going back to foundations. He's going back, not necessarily just to establish them, but also to tear out what should have never been in them. Amen? There's some things that were never supposed to be a part of our foundation. That's important to understand if you're going to understand Babylon. Because we're going to go somewhere tonight. And uh, I hope I don't lose you with this one. I taught this over two years ago. Right? I taught it over two years ago. Um, and the Lord is bringing it back and, and connecting it to this course now. But I believe it's more relevant now than when I taught it over two years ago. I taught it in February of 2019. Right? So let's go into this. Understanding the pr prophetic position called in him. Understanding first and foremost, if somebody had to sum up what I just said to allow us to properly approach what I'm about to teach, what would you say? I was just said that we need to keep in mind as we approach this teaching. If you had to sum it up in a sentence, I'm going to call on one of my teachers. Elder Shelby, you start smiling, you know I was going to get you. Good. That's good. Right, that's good. Yeah. So if I now, before I fight you, I'm going to now have influence on how you fight me. So when, I, when it comes time for you to fight me, I already know you, ain't, you can't win. He fights us. Does that make sense? All right. So now Babylon, that was good. I'm going to call on some people tonight. Keep y'all on y'all toes. I ain't going to step on them. I'm just going to keep you on you. Keep it on the toes. I ain't trying to step on my toes. I want you to be on your toes. All right. Genesis 11, verse 1 through 11. And um, I'm going to read it. And, 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 and you can pull it up if you can't see it. Um, pull it up on your phone. This is um, the initial, um, initial announcement or initial exposure to the idea of Babylon right from the beginning. Genesis chapter number 11, right? It says, and I'm going to begin reading that. If you want to uh, pull it up, Genesis chapter 11, we're starting at verse number one. Um, Genesis chapter 11, verse number one. It says, and the whole earth was of one language and of one speech. And it came to pass as they journeyed from the east that they found a plain in the land of Shinar and they dwelt there. And they said one to another, very familiar text, go to let us make brick and burn them thoroughly. And they had brick for stone and slime had they for mortar. And they said, go to, let us build us a city and a tower whose top may reach unto heaven. Everybody say, reach unto heaven. And let us make us a name lest we be scattered abroad upon the face of the whole earth. Verse 5. And the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the children of men builded. 
verse 6, and the Lord said, behold, the people is one and they have all one language and this they begin to do. And now nothing will be restrained from them, which they have imagined to do. What happens when you can make your imagination a reality? That's a whole nother message. Verse number seven, it's real, but it's all imagination. Verse number seven, go to let us go down and there confound their language that they may not understand one another's speech. So the Lord scattered them abroad from thence upon the face of all the earth and they left off to build the city. Therefore is the name of it called Babel. Everybody say Babel. Because the Lord did there confound the language of all the earth and from thence did the Lord scatter them abroad upon the face of all the earth. That is the Genesis mention of Babel. Of course, you had the kingdom of Babylon and Nebuchadnezzar. And of course, you had now um, Israel going into bondage 70 years to Babylon and all of the different ways of worship that teach us intricacies about Babylon that we can't, we don't have time to go into, but Babylon goes stretches throughout all the Bible. The first mention in Genesis 11 and one of the last mentions in Revelation um, chapter number 18. So I now want to go to the one of the last mentions. At this point, Babel has become Babylon, right? But it's the same, it, it's from the same source. So I need you to understand from the beginning to the end, Babylon plays a role. Amen? It's not an Old Testament idea. It's not just a New Testament idea. It's throughout the whole book. Amen? And so we need to be, we need to be aware of what Babylon is all about and what even Genesis says about Babylon that we're going to emphasize. Right? So Revelation 18 um, verse number one. Thank you, Jesus. It reads, and these, and after these things, I saw another angel come down from heaven, having great power, and the earth was lighted with his glory. And he cried mightily with a strong voice, saying, Babylon, the great is fallen, is fallen. And has become the habitation of devils and the hold of every foul spirit and a cage of every unclean and hateful bird. Verse 3, for all nations have drunk of the wine of the wrath of her fornication and the kings of the earth have committed fornication with her and the merchants of the earth have waxed rich, rich through the abundance of her delicacies. So now... One thing about Babylon is big on prosperity. Amen. It causes those who embrace the ideology of Babylon to prosper. Amen. Um, verse number four. And I heard another voice from heaven saying, come out of her, my people, that you be not partakers of her sins and that you receive not whew, of her plagues. Verse 4, I'm going to read that again. And I heard another voice from heaven saying, come out of her, my people, Whew. that you be not partakers of her sins and that you receive not of her plagues. Father, I thank you for the power of God in this room, even on today. 
I thank you that the word comes not just in word alone, but in demonstration, followed by signs and wonders. If there's deliverance necessitated in this room, I thank you, but by the time all is said and done, deliverance is manifest. If, if healing is necessitated in this room, we thank you that by the time all said is done, healing hits the house. Because the kingdom is not in word alone, but in demonstration and power of your spirit. Not by might, nor by power, but by the spirit of the living God. Thank you for that spirit moving now. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Let us somebody shout amen. amen. I want to go back to this Genesis 11 and 4, and I'm going to begin to break down Babylon, and we're going to talk about some things. We had some technical difficulties, and so usually my um, PowerPoints are staggered where I want to emphasize one section of a thing to make sure you get that before I give the next section. So you click it several times and they come up, but I'm not able to do that. So I'm going to have to walk you through that. So bear with me on that. And I know you all want to get everything down, but I still need you to listen too. So maybe we can find a balance in that. Amen. Genesis chapter 11, verse number four says, and they said, go to this is now referring back to Babel, and we're going to talk about what the nature of Babylon, what Babylon is. And they said, go to, let us build us a city and a tower whose top may reach unto heaven. Now, first thing I want you to understand is, is all throughout scripture, Babel or Babylon, please hear me, embodies the backslidden church. Babylon at its core typifies false Christianity. I need y'all to get that first so we can understand how relevant it is. Oh, I can't do this shiny thing too because it's light on light. Yeah, I should have known that. Right? So, so, so now the first thing I need you to understand about Babylon is, is that Babylon embodies the backslidden church. It's at its core false Christianity. It's the church that backslid before people backslid. That's why people in that church backslide. The people in a, in a Babylonian church backslide all the time because they came to a version of Christianity that was backslidden to begin with. It's false. So you can't stand. You can't, when you've done all you can do, stand. Because the religion that you, that you call Christianity does not parry, carry the power of Christ. Him who was able to keep us from falling. Amen? That's the first thing. It's at its foundation reveals the ideologies for which false kingdom beliefs are propagated. All false kingdom beliefs find their origin in Babylon. That's why it's so important to study, back, go back and study Babylon and Nebuchadnezzar. All false kingdom ideologies, ideologies we have about the kingdom of God that are not true, find their origin in Babylon. Amen? It, it's, it's meant to dupe us and cause us to misinterpret 
the church is called. What is the church called to? The kingdom. We call to the kingdom. Amen? Ain't no such thing as a deliverance ministry. Ain't no such thing as a healing church. There's a kingdom church and it heals. There's a kingdom church and people get delivered. Because that's what happens when the kingdom comes. So we try to... What we've tried to do is we've tried to isolate the works of God and call that the church. That church there, you can get delivered and nothing else. I guarantee you that if all that church is doing is delivering, it's full of demons. Full of demons because you ain't no such thing as somebody just cast out demons. Everybody cast out demons that believe. Amen? Everybody. If you really believe Jesus rose from the dead and a demon manifests, we can call you up here right now and you can lay your hands on that individual and say, come out and it'll leave. It's as simple as that. Amen? And so, so I want you to notice Revelation 18 and 4, what it says, because it's the end of Babylon First of all, understand that Babylon is a false expression of the kingdom. Um, Revelation 18 and 4 says, look at this, come out of her, my people. No, no, no. It's, see, that's what, everybody say my people. He didn't say come out of here, or out of her lost people. He said, come out of her, my people. And so, it's not just lost people who are in Babylon. It's God's people who are in Babylon. We got to understand. I want to make that point. Come out of her, my people, because we don't think Babylon is an issue because we don't understand the depths of Babylon. But there are many people in church that are actually in Babylon. Amen. There are many people in church who are in Babylon. Why? Why did he say, come out of her, my people? Amen. Because there's people in Babylon. Because Babylon is a false form of being in him. Remember, we're still talking about being in him. We, please get this. We've been talking about being in him. We live, move, and have our being. And in him, heaven and earth are one. And in him are all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Right? You know, um, so forth and so on. Now, so uh, it is a false um, form of being in him. Believers who are in Babylon believe that being in Babylon is actually being in him. They think they're in Christ. Amen. Babylon is a false form of being in him that actually keeps God's people in the world when you're in Babylon you're in church but you're still in the world look around and see how many people are in church but still in the world they still listen to music they know is not of God they still go places that's not of God and they still do things they know are not of God it's of the world but I'm in church no you're in Babylon that's what you're in you're in Babylon. Those in Babylon never completely come out of worldliness. 
Because it's a way to be in church but stay in the world. Babylon. Amen? They never enter into a significant measure of sanctification to bear witness of Jesus Christ. It's like, I know, I'm saved. I got my personal relationship with God. Well, if, you, if you're really that saved, it shouldn't be personal. That's, there should be some fruit on you. Fruit is not, fruit is the visible. There should be something on your life that says you walk with Jesus. You shouldn't just be able to say, I just got my own thing. You're right. You do just got your own thing. Amen. Somebody got to know that you're saved. Somebody got to know the Holy Ghost is on your life. If we're in him. Amen. So now, now watch what it says. Revelation 18 and 4. I'm going to go back to it. It says here, come out of her, my people. Why? That you be not what? Partakers of share in her sins because Babylon still sins in church. Babylon still sins and reads the Bible. Babylon still sins and serves. Babylon still sins and has titles. Come out of her, my people, and there's God's people in Babylon. Come out of her, my people, that you be not partakers of her what? And that you receive not of her the scripture, that scripture is prophetically taking place as we speak. Listen, one of the major works God is doing in the earth right as we speak, which is the end of the age. Keep in mind, revelation is the culmination of the age, which me and you are a part of the time where we're at the end of the age. God now is currently raising up voices that are trumpeting, come out of her. Come, come out of her. Come out of her sins. Come out of her place. Right now, God is raising up people that are telling people, and it looks like he, they're saying, come out of church. But what they're saying is, is come out of the whore. Come, come, come out of Babylon. Because that, that's Babel. That, that's not the bride. That's the whore. And you got to come out of her. So it looks like it's a civil war. Brothers should love each other, but that ain't my brother. Now, y'all, y'all some fighting folk. Come on. What y'all want me to do? Give a haymaker. <laughs> you know, all that fighting in the church. And they, if they really loved each other, why the church fight so much? Because all everybody fighting ain't the church. That's why. Amen. Amen. So right now, much of the church is partaking of the sins of the world. Because it's not the church. They're in Babylon. Right. And therefore, they're receiving of the same plagues. I mean, uh, fornication, just like folk in the world. Adultery, just like folk in the world. Right. Compromise, just like folk in the world. Rebellion. Just like folk in the world, I don't I ain't got to do what you tell me to do. I do whatever I want to do. Just like in the world. And wonder why it's the same place. We can come in church, depression, just like in the world. We can come in the church and divorce, just like in the world. We can come in the church and anxiety, just like in the world. Right? Why? 
because if I partake of her sins, I also must partake of her. You can't have one without the other. So our problem is we want to, to taste the good of the world, but not take the plagues that come behind it. But you got, if you're going to taste of the world, you got to take the plagues that come with the world too. And so we have a group full of people in the church that are suffering from the same things as people who never touch church doors. Amen. Amen. It's Babylon. So, uh, so let me say this. Babylon is a form of religion in the name of God that if embraced, keeps us from ever releasing the kingdom of God. To whatever measure we come into agreement, and I'm going to break down what Babylon is. I may not even get to all this tonight, but that'll be just fine. To whatever degree we're in agreement with Babylon, um, we forfeit the ability to release the kingdom. Amen? What is the kingdom? For thine is the kingdom and the and the What's missing in the church? Power and glory. Why? Because so many are in Babylon. You forfeit that. You can't have no power in Babylon. There's no glory in Babylon. And even though he's coming back for a glorious church, he's not coming back for people who made it through their issue. There's no glory in struggling through an issue. There's glory in walking in victory through one. Then God got the glory. He didn't get the glory. I want to give up 20 times. I tell you, I quit. You just don't get how many times I quit. How many times I want to give up. How many times I want to throw in the towel. But I'm here. I made it. Glory to God. What glory did you give him? <laughs> you ain't give no glory. He gets no glory out of that. He gets glory out of conquerors, not survivors. That's babble. Amen. That's why we had to start giving testimonies. We had to stop letting folk give testimonies because folks wanted to just talk about how bad life was. Like, that ain't no testimony. <laughs> Amen. And I'm still fighting with it and going crazy, but I know God, he's going to come through in the end. Like, Lord, thanks. Everybody feels like quitting now. <laughs> thanks, thanks for the testimony, you know. <laughs> so, Babylon, watch this. False Christianity in the name of God that keeps us from releasing the kingdom of God can be summed up in one statement. This is when, it, uh, when we kind of go into it. Let us build us a city and a tower whose top may reach unto heaven. Let us build us a city and a tower whose top may, everybody say reach. Everybody say heaven. Let us build something for which we can reach. Everybody say reach. Heaven. Babylon is a strong demonic religious spirit that deceives us into believing that the purpose of building the church is to reach heaven. I'm about to get in. I know I'm going, I'm going at foundation right now. I knew I was going to get in trouble. You got to go to church so you can reach heaven one day. Come on, that's why we're building the church, because one day you got to reach heaven. Amen? The foundation of Babylonian faith is to reach heaven. Did you ever ask what they did wrong? All they did was want to reach heaven. Why did God have a problem with that? That ain't what I sent you to earth to build. That ain't the kingdom. 
I'm going to get to that in a minute. The kingdom ain't you building something to reach heaven. The kingdom of you is you establishing heaven on earth. I got a problem with it because I ain't send you there for that. That's foundation. Amen. Everybody's going to be in heaven one day and we're going to have us a good time. Not. Anybody, everybody going to be no heaven. All right. All right. So I know. All right. So Jesus is going to reign on earth for a thousand years. What's going to happen after that? He's going back to heaven. So earth is going to be empty. He's just going to leave it there hanging a ball. He's done with the earth. He's only reigning for a thousand years. It's a millennial reign of Christ. He's not going to stay on earth forever. Maybe he's going to leave the ones who he originally said, let us make man in our image and after our likeness and let them have dominion. Maybe he's going to go back because he doesn't change from plan A to plan B, but he now died to bring us back to plan A. And now I'm going to hang out in earth from heaven with you long enough to make sure you know how to run earth like heaven. And then I'm going back to heaven and I'm going to leave you in the earth to do what I told you to do to begin with. (laughs) God don't change his plans. The earth ain't going to be empty. We ain't going to be riding on clouds. Amen. It says we shall be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. And go back to heaven. No, we're going to meet him. Then we're going to jump on some horses. Because we got an Armageddon handle. We got a once and for all serpent to throw in the lake of fire. That's a whole, I ain't even got time to touch on all that today. But it's the foundation of our faith. That's at the, at, the, at the foundation of our faith. It's all about going to heaven one day. Right? I knew I was going to get in trouble there. Let us build us. Let me go back. Babel. This is Babel. Let us build us a city and a tower whose top may reach heaven. When has it ever been a problem to reach heaven? We get saved so we can do what? Come on, we go to church so we can do what? We pray so we can what? We give God praise so we can what? We shout and dance so we can what? God's will has never been for the church to be built to reach heaven. Never. Wow. If we're trying to build a church to help people reach heaven, we are not building a church. We're building a tower. We're building a tower called Babel, and I'm going to show you the end of it, and you can see it. And I'll let you take all this, and you can process it however you want. I'm just going to put it out here. I'm just going to put it out here, you know. God's will has never been for the church to, to be built to reach heaven. You want me to prove it to you? Because right after they said, come on, we're going to reach heaven. We're going to heaven. We're going to build to get to heaven. We want to see. We want to get there. Then this is God's response. Genesis 11, verse 7 and 8. Go to, let us go down and there, confound their language, that they may not understand one another's speech. So the Lord scattered them abroad 
from thence upon the face of all the earth and they left off building the city. You see that? That was God's response to wanting to reach heaven. So why? The kingdom isn't about reaching heaven to experience heaven. The kingdom is about releasing his will on earth as it is in heaven. What if I don't sin, not because I want to go to heaven one day, but heaven is operating in me not right now. And the reason why I'm not sinning is because heaven is in me right now. What if I'm praying and I'm not praying because I want to go to heaven one day, but I'm praying because heaven is operating in me right now. His kingdom is coming on earth as it is in heaven in my life. So it's like, man, you don't believe in going in heaven one day, but I ain't sinning. And I ain't backsliding. <laughs> so which one doesn't get to go to if, if If it's right and everybody's going to heaven, I'm going to make it. <laughs> if you're right, everybody's going to heaven, I'm going to make it. Because I ain't sinning. And I ain't backsliding. So do you get to go because you believe you get to go one day? Or do you get to go because you actually bear the fruit? How do you bear the fruit of heaven? How do I live in earth as it is in heaven? How do I obey God? How do I walk in righteousness? The Holy Spirit sent down from God from heaven. Heaven in earth, not just heaven in the earth. Heaven in earthen vessel that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. And we can stop telling people how bad hell is so they won't want to go. But we can actually start showing people how good heaven is so they'll want to go. Amen. We're not called to just reach heaven. We're called to bear the image of, of heaven. We're called to reflect heaven. See, the foundation of religion is reaching heaven. So, so we, we live in the go to heaven, and, and, and it's in complete opposition. I mean complete opposition, obviously, to the gospel of the kingdom. Amen? It is the complete opposite, but it's our foundation. That's what we're building our faith on. Amen? So, what Babylon does is, Babylon places us in a distance dimension. Everybody say distance dimension. While the kingdom gives us permission to live in an atonement dimension. Everybody say atonement dimension. There is a distance dimension and there is an atonement dimension. The distance dimension is what Babylon teaches us. The atonement dimension is what the kingdom teaches us. Amen? Now, when, so we got the, the, the distance dimension and we got the atonement dimension. Um, two ways in which we interact with God, which is what the kingdom is all about. Babylon teaches us to have our interaction with God from distance. While the kingdom teaches us to have our interaction with God through atonement. Amen. These are biblical terms. Right? Biblical terms. And so now when we're stuck at a distance dimension, right? 
we're constantly trying to reach God. Amen? What do we, God, I need you right now. Come! God, come and move. God, we need you right here. Why? Why am I, why am I, why am I like that? Why, why am I this? Because I believe he's way off somewhere. He ain't nowhere near me. Amen. Well, at least if I'm going to be whooped now, if I'm going to be defeated now, if I'm going to be busted and disgusted now, at least one day I get to die and go to heaven. Yeah. And then I won't have to cry like this. I won't have to feel bad no more. I won't have to do any of this. And then the devil's saying, thank you. You're at a distance. I don't have to worry about you at all doing anything kingdom. I have now, through helping you form your faith, keep you from ever being a threat. It's warfare. It's still warfare. Amen? Let's build us a city and tower. Babylon keeps us in a distance dimension where we have to reach for the things God has for us in heaven. The kingdom now, the kingdom is not a distance dimension where we have to reach heaven, but in Christ, we enter into an atonement dimension. Now, I want y'all to look at the bottom because that's what atonement actually means. At one meant. How far away from you are you? What is the distance in between you and yourself? Is there any time outside of looking at it from a spiritual lens that you have to wake up in the morning and say, where's my body? There's no distance. Christ is the atonement. At one meant. He brings us back into our oneness with God. Oh, John 17, that they would be one as we are one. You and me, I and you and them and me. Right? That the world may know that you sent me. Right? Atonement, everybody say atonement. Means at one mint. At one mint. The kingdom teaches at one mint. I'm meant to be one with the one who already won. Therefore, I always win. I'm one with the one who already won. Therefore, I always losing ain't an option if I'm one with the one who already won. I'm at one mint. I'm meant to be one. Scriptures that back that up. We ready. And these are scriptures we've already covered, which is good in our background of in him. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, Ephesians 1 and 3, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places where? where so heaven is, God, Christ isn't just in heaven, but even more accurately, heaven is where? In Christ. Where are we? In him we move and have our so we have access to heavenly places in him right now by faith that's important to understand right that's kingdom that ain't babble 
right? Um, go to the next one. Another one that's familiar to us, Ephesians 1 and 10, that in the dispensation of the fullness of times, he might gather together in what? Everybody say, at one mint. All things where? Both which are where? And which are even where? In him, the veil is rent. That's why in the actual temple, the veil, when the temple, in the temple in Jerusalem, when Jesus was crucified, he gave up the ghost. The Bible says there was an earthquake and the veil was rent from top to bottom. But it was pointing to a, a greater veil. Uh, the veil that came between heaven and earth through the sin of Adam. Heaven could not enter earth the way heaven wanted to enter earth because of Adam's sin. He couldn't do God's will because he lost God's image. We can't make things look the way God wants it to look if we don't look like God. So now, the more we begin to look like God, the more we can make what's around us look like heaven. So folks start getting healed. Dead start being raised. Deliverance begins to take place. The kingdom is coming. The kingdom isn't an individual. A kingdom always establishes territory in other places. Amen. And, 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 and uh, I won't go into that because that's a lot. Um, through, so through exiting out of Babylon, which keeps us in a distance dimension and entering into Christ, which places us in an at one dimension, atonement, we are no longer subject to reaching for heaven. We can actually release it. We're not reaching, we're releasing. What do you need? You need life? Open your mouth. What, what do you need? Hope? Open your mouth. Hope is the anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, and goes beyond the veil where our Savior is. What do you need? You need strength. Those that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength in my weakness his strength is made perfect what am i doing i'm releasing heaven glory be to that's not just me uh, um being wishful that's not me just trying to quote scriptures to get you excited that's me releasing heaven into earth that's me not reaching but releasing that's, I have living water in my belly. How do I know I'm not going to die? Because I'm going to say I shall live. That settles it. Ain't nothing else to do. That settles it. Amen? Settles it. And so now the Babylonian, when they're hopeless, what do they do? God, I'm reaching when are you going to come? Give me some hope. Why? Because God is way off somewhere. I'm not one with God. I got to get his attention. I got to make sure I got some long distance minutes on my phone. Right? I got to call him. Because he ain't around. Because I've now gotten a foundation of faith that separated me from God. That's not the kingdom. Amen. At the foundation. Amen. So, so, so now watch this. Uh, let me say this. 
because we're in him and in him, heaven and earth are one, we no longer have to reach for what we're one with. That's, that's based off of Ephesians 1 and 10. It's based off of Ephesians 1 and 10, right? Because we're in him and in him, heaven and earth are one, we no longer have to reach for what we're one with. Glory to God. That's key to understand. Based off Ephesians 1.10. Now, now watch this. Let us, what's, what's the sums up Babylon? Let us build us a city and a tower whose top may reach unto heaven. The tower of Babel was the result of men not believing in God's kingdom. <clears throat> the tower of Babel was the result of men not believing in God's kingdom. They did not believe in heaven and earth. They didn't believe that his will could be done in earth as it is in heaven. We need to reach heaven. That's what it prophetically points to. Thank you. So the entire premise of building our faith on living just to reach heaven is the embodiment of how Babylon started. Two words, reach heaven. Reach heaven. What the religious spirit can't fathom. See, those who are religious, they can't fathom is if we don't believe we can live like heaven on earth, we really don't believe in the kingdom of heaven. How can I even, if, how could I not believe in the kingdom of heaven and believe that I'm going to heaven one day? I don't even believe that there's any down payment or measure of heaven on earth. The Holy Spirit is the down payment. It is the validation that, 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 that heaven is in the earth and there is now grace for men. There's not by strength, not by might, nor by power, but by, there's grace for men through the power of his spirit to walk in obedience, to walk in, in focus, to come out of the desires of the world, to, to enter into tr a true walk with God. Amen. It's just much easier to follow a couple rules and show up for church once a week. Amen. And so now I'm going to read this again. Um, Genesis 11. It says here in verse number nine. Therefore is the name of it called Babel. Because the Lord did there confound the language of all the earth and from thence did the Lord scatter them abroad upon the face of all the earth. See, the enemy loves for us to build the church to reach heaven. You know why? You know why he does that? Because he knows how God works. He knows if I can get the church to base the premise, their statements of faith, whatever, on reaching heaven, it can only end in one way. 
it always ends up in division. Right? You know the reason why there's so, many, so much division in the church? Well, you can literally go to some streets and find 12 different churches on one street. Well, you have so many different denominations, and you got the, the Pentecostals, you got the Holiness, you got the Baptists, you got the Methodists, you know, you got the Puritans, I don't know, you know, Quakers. You know, you know why there, <laughs> you know why there's so many? It's because we're basing our faith on the foundation of reaching heaven, and that demands division. And it's not the devil. That's a God-mandated division. God always mandates division to that. It will not hold itself together. Division is required by God when that's the foundation. Who divided them? Now, if God wants you divided, is you going to be able to stick together? Is you going to be able to squash it? Is you going to be able to work through it? No. Me and you just don't talk the same language no more. God, see, what happens is God begins to shift languages and we don't even recognize it's just like the Tower of Babel. Me and you, at one point, we talk the same language, but me and, oh, glory to God, me and you aren't talking the same language no more. God has to scatter that. Because that's not the premise. And so, so guess what Pentecost becomes? The answer for Babel. I'm going to send down a fiery tongue. And I'm going to send it down on everybody. And, and the same thing that I would not allow them to do at Babel, I'm going to allow them to do at Pentecost. Amen? But they, when they got that tongue, they began to declare the glorious works of God where? In the kingdom is restored. Amen? Kingdom is restored. So, so now we understand that in many cases, even if the devil does divide that church, it's not per se because the devil has power to divide a church. It ain't the devil did it. The devil was allowed to do it. See, sometimes God doesn't do evil, but he'll allow evil to come when we don't align ourselves with him. Amen? Uh, you know, you read in Scripture how in the days of the prophet Micah, how it says God sent a lying spirit to get in the mouths of the prophets. But God don't lie. What he did was is no longer restrain a lying spirit. He allowed them to, to move on in. Amen? So why does God enforce division upon his own church? The answer is in the word Babel. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to go for a couple more minutes and then we'll be done. Why does he enforce division on, on that? Why does he ultimately divide that? Um, um, why does he require that? Genesis 11 and 9. Therefore is the name of it called Babel. Why? Because Babel, as you know, means confusion. Right? Everybody say Babel. Confusion. Right? What is fusion? <laughs> it's confusion. What is fusion? 
right? Put two different things together to make something one. Fusion is union or atonement. Fusion is atonement. So now when we look at Babel or confusion, let's break it down, knowing that fusion is putting two things together. Confusion, in other words, religion cons us out of our fusion. I need y'all to get that. Confusion, being conned out of your fusion. Fusion with who? And tells us we have to reach for a God we're designed to be what? You're going to reach him one day. You're going to find him one but you, We're being conned out of fusion. That's literally what, what um, Satan did to Adam and Eve. They were made in God's image and likeness. They were conned out of it. Because God knows when you eat of this fruit, you'll be like God. The problem is, Eve, you already are. You were conned out of your image and likeness. Amen? Religion cons us out of our fusion with God and tells us we have to reach for God we're designed to be one with. Religion cons us out of our union with Christ, our what? Uh, at one minute. I need y'all to get this. This is foundation. This is what hinders so many of our foundations of why we can't walk by faith. A faith that actually overcomes, a faith that actually enters into victory. Amen? Satan's union with Christ, Satan's purpose for confusion is to keep God's people from living in union with God. But not just for any reason, all for a good reason. So we can do what? I'm conning you out of your fusion so you can reach God. I'm, I'm acting like I'm helping you and I'm actually dividing you. I'm separating you from the God you were created to be one with. Amen? Remember, the devil isn't just a liar. He's a good liar. Matter of fact, he tells God-sized lies. Lies big enough to look like they're God. Amen? So the purpose of confusion is to con us out of our fusion with Christ, all in the name of faith. All in the name of faith. Amen? Anybody have any questions or comments before I move to this last little piece I'm going to hit? Anybody? Or should I just come up with a question and ask it? I'm going to ask my teachers. I'm going to ask a teacher here something. All right. Let me wait because it's too, it's too hot still. Too hot.
All right. Let me go to this next one. All right. Let's see here. Babel is the place ultimate. Babel, the place, ultimately becomes Babylon, the culture. You know why people put off changing? Because I'm only changing to get to reach heaven anyway. What it does is it causes people to become idolaters. You know what idolater is? I do later. I do it later because I don't need to do it right now. It's just for me to get in heaven. Right? Right? And so, so watch this. I'll get saved one day. So now, so Babel, the place, ultimately becomes Babylon, the culture in the city. Babylon. Why is that key? What is the ultimate intention of Babylon? The, the root word for Babylon is baby. The root word of Babylon is baby, Babylon. Right? Babylon's agenda is to keep the church in immaturity. If to be in Babylon is to never grow up. You know? I want to go somewhere where I can be fed. Well, where are you going to feed yourself? You know? There comes a time where you got to come and eat. I, I understand the, I, the, the, the principle behind somewhere where you can get fed, but I don't like the wording. Like somebody got to feed you. It keeps us in an immature mindset. Amen? Right? He said, no, he that is thirsty, let him come and drink. He that is hungry, let him come and eat. That's the requirement. And so Babylon keeps us as a baby, and Babylon keeps us in a state of, which keeps us in a state of immaturity. Right? What, when you're in Babylon, what do you do when you're in trouble? cry you cry right and you wait just like a baby for somebody to go fix you something that you can have in your mouth <laughs> to comfort you because it's dark <laughs> I'm having a hard time and I need to be changed. I'm trying to help you understand Babylon. Because Babylon, see, when you're a baby, you know it's messy, but you can't change it. Man, I'm about to preach up in here. You, keep, you know it's there. You know you need to stop. You know you need to quit. You know it's not good for you. You know it's not, I know I don't need to do it. Well, what you waiting on? You waiting on somebody to do what? When are you going to change yourself? It keeps you in immaturity. Amen. So, man, people are running around. I need to be delivered. What they're actually saying is I need to be changed. And I'm just trying to find the right house that can change me. Amen. That's Babylon. 
it's not. It's the truth that makes us free. Come on. Glory be to God. It's the glory of God as we behold it that changes us. Man, it's a blessing to build an altar while you're going to work. Wasn't no altar call. Didn't the preacher preach? The spirit of God hit you. God dealt with you. You built an altar right there and changed on the spot. No church, no praise and worship, no prayer. Just changed by the glory of God. Babylon makes you too codependent. Amen. And so that's because we're conned out of fusion. We're conned out of our oneness. So Babylon keeps us under age. We remain lifelong minors. Right? In the spirit realm. We remain lifelong minors. It's very hard to see mature believers. You know what I'm saying? It's very hard to a lot of times what the earth is not even, they're not even waiting for people who believe in Jesus. They're waiting for mature people who believe in Jesus. That's what's going to change them. Amen. But Babylon makes us believe we can be babies our entire church life. Right. And so now. Galatians 4.1. Babies remain in bondage of voluntary separation from God, which is voluntary slavery. I will say that first. I voluntarily say God ain't here. I need to find him. I volunteer myself into that bondage. I don't know where he is. I got to hunt him down. God, where are you? I'm in this. What you going to do? When you going to do it? <laughs> when you coming? Amen. It's Babel. It's baby. Babylon. Amen. Now, I'm, I'm about to go to this. this uh, you know, whenever you get in trouble, just call on Jesus. You got to learn how to holler for Jesus. Come on. You just call on him. Every time you feel bad, just call on him. You know, so forth and so on. And, it, and don't get me wrong, there's a legitimacy to that. But then there's also a, I'm going to always go through that cycle. Amen? And that, that we're not called to. Um, Galatians 4 and 1. This is my last point. What I'm saying, this is uh, Paul speaking to the church of Galatia, and I'm reading it out of the NIV version. He says, what I am saying is that as long as an heir is underage, he is no different from a slave, although he owns the whole estate. So also when we were underage, we were in slavery under the elemental spiritual forces of this world. This is what we got to understand about that. He, you know, Galatians 4 and 1 in the King James, King James Version says, a son as long as he is a child, differeth not from a slave, though he be Lord over all, is what it says in the King James Version. It says here, what I'm saying is that as long as an heir is under age, 
He is no different from a slave, although he owns the whole estate. This is what I, this is the step I want to take. We're not just called to be children of God, but what? The earth is not waiting on the manifestation of the children of God. The earth is waiting on the manifestation of the sons of God. Because a child differs no more than a slave. In other words, children sin just like sinners. Children come under bondage just like sinners. Right? You ever went um, to somebody who just had a baby and they already took them back to the nursery? And there were other babies that were the same color? And so you don't really know which one. Which one is it? Why? Because they look so much alike because they're all just born. See, man, you don't really have your features that distinguish you yet. As it is in the natural, so it is in the spirit. Yeah, you're a child of God, but you don't have the features that distinguish you yet from sinners. You still look a lot like them. We still got to point them out. But the, the, the holiness hasn't developed yet. The, the sanctification hasn't developed yet. The, the laid down life hasn't developed yet. The prayer life hasn't developed yet. So we like we are at the nursery. Which, well, which one is the saved one? Which one is yours, God? They all look alike. Because child, children, it's not that they won't look a lot, look different later, but they have to do what? The thing about in the natural, that happens over time. It, spirit don't work like that. You could be in church for 30 years and still look exactly like a baby. Similac breath. Nothing changed. Amen? So, we move from being children to sons. How? That's okay. By way of atonement. Glory to God. We remain children and never enter into sonship when we remain in a distance dimension where we're constantly reaching for a God we're intended to be one with. That's why the enemy works so hard to keep God's people in Babylon. Amen? This is actually really the last point. I'm so serious. Did everybody get that? We move from being children to sons by way of what? Atonement. Watch this. We can't grow up reaching for him. We can only grow up into him. That's the last point that I want to make because it's like I'm growing. How? Because there's only one way we grow in Christ, by being conformed into his image. We're only as old as how much we look like him. We don't just grow spiritually in general. We can only grow one way into him. Amen? We only grow into, there's only one individual we're growing into, Christ. The Bible puts it this way in Ephesians 4 verse 15. 
but speaking the truth in what? We may what? Into him. Him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. See, a lot of people equate mental growth to spiritual growth. We say we learn something new. I'm growing in the spirit. No, you grew in your head. You learn something new. But spiritual growth isn't about learning. It's about likeness. I'm only, as, I'm only as old as I am like him. I just learned something new. Right? That's mental growth. That's not spiritual growth. We are to grow up into him. So, again, we can't grow up reaching for him. We can only grow up where? What? Into him. Lastly, how much we've grown up is not measured by size, but likeness. Not measured by size, but likeness. What we're going to do instead of questions, we're going to do a time of prayer. We're going to do a time of prayer, and we're going to, we're going to rip out some stuff inside a foundation that needs to be ripped out. I know I need to take this a step further, and so I will deal with it, develop this a little bit more, um, dealing with Babylon and dealing with false foundations. Um, I know I need to take it a step further because I, it's such a... I'm telling you, God is ripping up stuff, man. He's ripping up stuff because it's going to keep us from the fulfillment of what God has called us to. He's tearing that stuff up. Amen. And those who have an ear to hear, let them hear. Let them hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying to the church. Amen. But he's tearing that stuff up because we can't go any further with that. How far can we go with that? As far, however far we've gone as a, I'm not even talking about as a personal church. I'm talking about the church at, at large. We can't go any further with those types of mindsets. Amen? We, we, we won't. We won't. And, and so, I'm going to pray. Thank you, Jesus. Whew. I want to pray. And we're just going to just believe God that if there's some stuff that needs to be ripped out, we're going to rip it out. If there's some stuff that needs to be removed, it's going to be removed. If there's some things that we've held on to that need to be let go of, there's some things that need to be uprooted, torn down. We're going to remove those things. Everybody stand to your feet if y'all don't mind. Just one minute.